Action Park Media. Good morning, everyone. Well, you are in for such a beautiful chat with the amazing Vanessa. She has recently returned to New Zealand after living in Canada. She's been working in the breathwork space for a really long time. And after her recent uh, experience with pregnancy and having a C-section, she's actually kind of becoming a real pioneer in the space of uh, becoming an advocate and also a place where women can go and talk about uh, having C-sections and some of the trauma sometimes that comes with that experience as well, using her knowledge around breathwork. She is amazing. You're going to love it. This is Pretty Depressed with Vanessa. My first question has to be around I guess, breathwork. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like you started in that journey and then have kind of like moved into how breathwork can help people during uh, pregnancy and post-pregnancy. Would that be a fair assessment? Yeah, it's it's been um, an interesting journey. It's not one that I thought I would, um, yeah, walk the path of, I guess. Like I went to uni and did a Bachelor of Communications and now here I am. Um oh. But I uh, I have lived overseas for 15 years. I'm back in New Zealand now. And I was just so lucky to um, connect to such an amazing community of people when I was living in Canada that were all about holistic health and um, just really going back to the roots of what wellness is for us. Um, so the term breath work, I guess, has definitely been... I, can I pause there for a second? Were you curious about that world before or did it kind of find you? Okay. So it wasn't like yeah. a complete come to Jesus kind of moment. No. Okay, cool. <laughs> there were definitely moments of that. I was like, yeah, whoa, sure. I thought I knew stuff. But um, no, it's always, it's always been a part of who I am and, and my upbringing, right? And I think just being, you know, you you go to these certain places in life where there's just parts of you that, that come alive and Canada is, is that place for me. Um, and I guess the word breath work is not thrown around, but it's definitely something that, um, yeah, we all have our different opinions of, and I certainly did as well. So I really wanted to get behind the understanding of, of it. And that is obviously our nervous system. Um, so I kind of nerded out and just, went into the whole of study with um, nervous system and how that impacts our entire being. Um, And then obviously from there, the breath is connected to that. Um, Now, for anyone who might be like, yeah, breathing in and out, or I don't want to, you know, go to like Wim Hof levels or whatever, like when you say things like connecting to breath or breath work, are you meaning exercises a way of living do you are you always conscious of your breath like yeah just to kind of like boil it down a little bit and yeah the whole world that people are like I don't want to do the type of yeah and and I I guess that's what's come across is people think breath work they think Wim Hof they think ice plunges and and that's great um but there is so much more to it in terms of the impact every single breath has on our body whether or not we are actively engaging in breath work, right? So that's what I really wanted to bring across. And what I did a lot of in Canada was just that foundational understanding of when someone tells you to breathe, this is actually what's happening. This is how your body is taking on each breath. And in that split second of an inhale, 
you can change your entire chemical balance in your body. Um, So it's not just that sense of I'm going to do some breath work to achieve something, you know, um, to sit in cold water for five minutes, which is great. Um, It's I'm going to be conscious of my breath as a way of living, as a way of being, because it will impact me in every single way, my mental health, my emotional health, all the things. Um, could you just, as an example, I know this is primarily an audible platform, but give an example of what bad breathing and good breathing is. Like, so people might be like, I think I breathe fine, but not be aware that perhaps the type of breathing that they are doing. I know there was that book about nose breathing is the only way to breathe. And so, yeah, could you give us a good and some examples of not great? Yeah. Um, so basically every breath pattern is connected to an emotional way of being, so an emotion. So if you were to look at someone who was getting frustrated or or angry, you would see that their breath might be quite short and sharp and quite high in their chest. And if you were to look at their body, like they'd be quite tense, the shoulders would be up, you know, like just describing it, you feel it, right? And you feel your breath correspond to that. So it's kind of like that... You know, like it's just that constant building. There's no release. There's no let go. Yeah. So it is that inhale. Um, Our inhale is directly connected to our adrenal glands. So if we're sitting in that sort of short, sharp inhale state, our adrenal glands are constantly firing. Um, To be slow and relaxed, to wind down is directly connected to our exhale. Um, so that's to really take that exhale through our body, um, take the inhale through our body to really feel the breath in all parts of us. Um, so yeah, to, to be able to recognize the emotion you're feeling and then to have that awareness of, or that witness state of what your breath is doing can be so powerful. And, and that's something that you start to see in people as well. You start to notice how they're breathing. I know. I was like, as soon as we started talking about it, I realized that I'm like so short in here, like, like, yeah. So, <laughs> and, and we're all always kind of quite hunchy and quite busy and quite, yeah, using yeah. a short breath often. Um, yeah. I didn't know whether this is a now or later thing, but, and you tell me, cause there's so much I want to chat about first. Would it be better if maybe like a little bit later on, we did practice a couple of breath techniques? Of okay. We'll do yeah. that. Yeah. Talk to me about pregnancy and breath work. And this, again, my first thought when I think pregnancy and breath work, I'm thinking, oh, yes, the desirable birth process that everyone wants where then, you know, not even really pushing and they're able to breathe their child out of them. And (laughs) And like not breaking a sweat. Like, yeah, yeah. we all wish, right? Um, I think guys would probably give birth if that was the case as well. So when it comes to breath work or the breath and the nervous system and pregnancy, um, oxygen is obviously a huge thing for us, for our bodies. We're growing a little baby um, and there's just so much demand on what we're taking in and also what we're giving out as well. Um, With pregnancy, obviously stress levels is really important. So for women to understand, again, their nervous system, Um, how their breathing affects their adrenal glands, 
uh, what they can do in a moment, you know, whether it's before a prenatal appointment or, mm. you know, if they're having a moment where they're like, oh, something's not feeling right. I right. haven't connected to baby today. What can I do? I can take a deep breath. I know what this is going to do for my nervous system. I know what it's going to do for my baby. Um, and to have that awareness and practice during pregnancy, I think will build up to such a powerful form of support for them um, mm. during birth because the last thing that you want to tell someone giving birth is just breathe because it falls dead. You know, they don't understand that. They're in a different world. Their body's going through so much. But if you were to tell someone to take that deep breath and they know what it could do for them and how they could use it, it lands so differently. Um, How have you found breathwork work with trauma? And perhaps a question before this, I noticed a lot of the stuff you speak about is around C-sections. As someone who hasn't had a child, what would you say are some of the misconceptions that people have going into it or some of the traumas that women carry around C-sections that I might not be aware of. I know some people opt for C-sections, but I noticed a lot of your pages kind of dealing with, you know, a little bit of a trauma, a bit of a disconnect. And um, a lot of your community really has latched onto you having a voice in that space. Could you kind of break that down for me as someone who hasn't walked that walk? And also, you know, falling on my sword here, I know friends who have, and perhaps I haven't offered you know, could have done more in that space because I didn't think of it as much of a thing, um, which is my own ignorance, and which I'm happy to admit, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and thank you. And I think, you know, the birth of a new life is such a beautiful thing um, and that can really take away from, you know, what a woman has been through to birth that new life. Um, it's it's exciting. There's a, a new baby and, you know, a new dynamic to the family and and that is to be celebrated, of course, but the journey of of that life getting here is is also need needs to be validated. Mm. Um, so I've been supporting women in birth for years and up until having my own birth and my own experience with a C-section, again, I just it's something until you you live and breathe through, you just, you cannot even comprehend. And I still can't, even though, you know, I, I carry the scar of it. So um, I think a lot of, not necessarily trauma, but um, when it comes to C-sections, if they haven't been planned, I don't like to use the word emergency um, because not all of them are. Mm -hmm. uh, if it hasn't been planned, if it hasn't been, you know, consciously chosen, mm -hmm. um, then there can be that trauma or that work that's needed to support the acceptance of and the understanding of why it needed to happen. And, and that's something that I'm doing to this day and, and will be for a while. Um, and to have that validation for women of, you've been through something massive, even if it was perfect in every way, it's just saying you've, what you've done is, is honestly miraculous. You know, it's, you deserve to feel good and supported and to have what you need. And what can I do to, to help you with that, to help you receive that? Mm -hmm. um, I think that's sort of what's been lost is just that recognition. Mm -hmm. And 
a lot of us, you know, that's hard conversations to have, you know, with friends, with family who have gone through a birth or a C-section because we ourselves might be scared of what comes up for us in that response. You know, we want to be there to help them, but where, you know, there might be a part of us that's like, oh, this is uncharted territory. I'm not quite sure of how I can respond appropriately to what they might say or what, you know, what they might share with me. I might be completely out of line here. Is there a bit of a stigma to C-sections? What is it? Is it kind of like the stigma to breastfeeding? It's like everyone thinks there's a, okay, got it. Yeah, it's this or that, right? And and it's, um, you know, actually. in 2023, like, and again, I'm sitting on the side of the fence that I've not got walked down that journey. So to me, I can't imagine judgment being placed on another mother. That seems horrific but I'm obviously not naive to the fact that it happens so okay yeah I um recently actually watched the David Beckham documentary I did too he dived into obviously the birth around um one of their sons and there were the headlines to posh to push yeah Um, and that is still very much kind of like an underlying mentality of c-sections um that, you know, it's the easy way out uh, and women take that on board as well as a sense of a failure, you know. It's like Which I, I full-on surgery. Like, Yes, <laughs> that's the thing. And it's like even with the recovery, it's like you're still expected to recover as you would if you had had a vaginal birth. Um, but it is it is a totally different recovery in terms of the chemicals the medicine that's in your body how that's affecting your mental health your breastfeeding um physically you have a wound uh and you you need the right support with that and again that validation of what you've yeah. been through um and it just blows my mind you know i've i've seen it go around on instagram and and new stories of you get physio and you get a plan, a recovery plan from, you know, knee surgery, ACL stuff, which is 100% needed. And this is just as important. Like this should be right up there with that too. Really? Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Thanks for explaining that to me because I think, it, yeah, it's not something I can speak on because I haven't gone through it. But, yeah, you're right. It's like. I, I guess I can sit on the side of the fence that's like, oh, then you don't do any damage to your lady parts. So like that's the win, you know, but it's not, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> um, so how have you, how have you found or, or what has been helpful and what has been hindering for people who are going through that process like yourself? So myself as a friend can put some tokens in my back pocket. Like what have, what has someone done that you've been like, this is what everybody should do, or perhaps unbeknownst to them, what is something that someone meant well, we're all well-meaning, but isn't helpful? Yeah. I think um, what isn't helpful is putting in your opinion of how things should be done. And again, it's, you know, and it comes from friends, it comes from family, it comes from the best place. Um, But it's just such a raw and vulnerable time for Mm -hmm. a mother after any type of birth um, where she's really putting the pressure on to figure it out. You know, she's putting the pressure on herself to be a mum, and she's trying to find her way to do that in a way that feels right for her and her little one. And 
no one can tell you that. Um, and you don't really have the mental capacity to take in new information either. Um, but I always say, if you're going to visit a new mother, um, even in that first year, you know, we sort of get past that first six weeks and we're like, oh, cool. We're good. You know, baby's growing up. Yeah, It's all back to routine. That first year, I always say never turn up to a house empty-handed. Um, always bring a coffee. Always bring, you know, a freezer meal, something that's nutritious that can go in the freezer. Mm. Food is just, it's a huge thing for mothers in terms of their recovery, um, yeah. their energy, and they don't have time to eat for themselves. Um, so just never turn up empty-handed. Just just bring something always for the mother, not necessarily the baby, mm-hmm. unless she asks, because it's amazing just what comes through the door for sure. a little one. I'm sure. Um, and you're kind of there in your pajamas and you haven't slept and you're just like, oh, thanks. Like, awesome. <laughs> I love it. It's great. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. That's funny. Think of the mother. Yeah. And then what about something that, so I guess that is something that is helpful. Um, so when it pertains to breathwork, because God, time is like running so quickly with you. I'm sorry. Um, what would be, what would be a few exercises that uh, maybe we could do too, if if you're happy to kind of coach me through something. I, um, <laughs> very well documented, uh, struggle a little bit with spiraling thoughts and uh Often that can present if it's quite serious as a form of panic attack or quite shaky, quite clammy. Um, I've been doing some hypnotherapy, which is quite awesome uh, as a way to kind of like ground myself or touching my wrist. But for some reason with breath work, I struggle a little bit to stay with it for longer than 30 seconds. Like I really, my ADHD sort of kicks in a little bit and yeah, I don't, it's not a comfortable place for me. I think because it's so calming, it's like meditation. I find myself wanting to run away from it a little bit. So yeah, do you have any exercise or something that I can do that's maybe shorter in length, but powerful? (laughs) Yeah. And like, and you're not alone in that. I think, um, you know, a lot of us, how we're conditioned now, the world we live in, we are all type A's. We have to keep doing, we have to keep going. And because of that, we are living in our our minds more than our bodies. So our body, unfortunately, the relationship we have with it, being with it, it's uncomfortable. Um, And and we don't want to do it. There is that avoidance pattern and that's okay. Um, Yeah. So when it comes to breath work, it is about literally going in with every inhale. And that's so foreign to us now. So I think it's that awareness as well of saying, okay, what am I avoiding here by feeling? Because mm. when we breathe, we start to feel, you know, literally, physically, we're in the present. Yeah. Um, so it's just that acceptance of that and that understanding of, okay, I'm about to go into my body and I can feel that I don't want to. Yeah, and I got really hot. Like, I was yeah. like mm-hmm. <laughs> which is so funny. I've done all the work. I'm like, it's just this, this like fear because I am in like therapy and stuff, fear that there's more that I haven't yet uncovered. And I'm like, oh, God, we're already at capacity. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to find anything else yet, Vanessa. But yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Oh, there's so many layers. Yeah. yeah. It's okay. I'm 
I'm committing to doing it. I'm just being transparent with you. I was like, oh, I just got a hot flush of nervousness, like live on television. Uh, (laughs) Hey, it's, no, you're human, right? So I think there's nothing to be afraid of in terms of being in our bodies, like to look at how, you know, great our bodies are. Like they're literally carrying us through this life. It's like, let's explore them. Let's have that curiosity. I love to use that word because it's kind of like, tricking mind into thinking oh what if I breathe here like what am I going to feel or can Mm. I take a deeper breath next time you know kind of challenging yourself in that sense and changing the narrative of I don't want to do this I'm scared of what I might feel or this is boring I've got things to do to oh why don't I like you know take a breath like this next time and see how I feel um so yeah kind of tricking yourself in that sense um but to to do two short ones, um, counting is probably probably one of the most common breathing techniques that we have. Um, yeah. And again, that can be hard for people. It's hard for me too. I don't know if you've heard of box breathing. Is that in in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four? Okay. Yeah. So yeah. it's creating that box. So you're also counting while trying to visually draw that box in your mind and again I like to say add a color to it like really pull focus into creating that box and getting lost into what that looks like for you while you are breathing those counts Um, those counts don't have to be four they can be five six depending on what feels right for you and your capacity to breathe okay. uh just as as they're the same per side of the box mm-hmm. uh another one as well is um to lie down and you know you put your hand on your belly you put your hand on your heart that's easy to do you focus on the weight of that physical presence mm-hmm. I almost like to get a weight um so I've got like a a little a rock um that I borrowed from Whistler Mountain um and it's a bit of quartz and I I put it (laughs) I'll bring it back um I go hiking and I just collect rocks um and I I put it on my belly instead of my hand because it's so easy for me to you know take it away get get frustrated so I I put an object on my belly or beyond I I go lower than my belly and I focus on trying to lift it with my breath um, and, and you can do that with any part of your body where you want the breath to go, put something that has a bit of a weight to it. Mm. Um, you can really focus on, again, bringing that curiosity, that sense of a game to of like, can I lift it? How high can I, you know, what's the weight behind this? How can I feel into it? And that kind of switches the narrative of I'm lying here breathing and I'm bored and I don't know what's happening. Mm. Um, so it's little things like that, that, you know, explore what works for you. But um, a main point is when you do feel yourself in that heightened state, um, shoulders tense, breath is up here in the lungs, try and just focus on lengthening your exhale. So no matter what you're doing, and no one realizes what you're doing either. If you were inhaling for four counts, maybe try and exhale for six, you know, or try and with every breath. Normal, but I find it so much easier to inhale for longer than exhale. Is that a normal thing? Yeah. And that's just the balance of where your breath is going in the body. Oh. So 
technically we have three diaphragms. When we think about breathing, we just think about the lungs, but our first diaphragm is right down in our belly. And I, I always say to women, breathe even lower, breathe into your pelvic floor, take that breath right through and down because that's where you're going to start grounding. That's where you're really going to come back into your body um, and then bring that inhale up and expand it through and out. Uh, so depending on that capacity of your inhale and also as well to get woo-woo. Go for it. Our exhale is how we let go, Right. That's probably why I'm not very good at it. (laughs) So our inhale, you know, it's what we take in. It's it's how we receive. But the exhale is is to surrender, is to really let go. So perfect sense. No, (laughs) that sounds like science. Okay, go. (laughs) So yeah, it's just bringing some some awareness to that. And also, I I use this with children. Imagine you've got a, a hot coffee or a hot hot chocolate for kids. And, you know, you're breathing it in, you want to smell it. So you're taking a big inhale and then it's too hot. So you've got to blow it out too. So again, it's those little visualizations that you can find for yourself that might work, that kind of get you out of your head a little bit and focusing on a vision or um, connecting it with the breath. Now, when you say connecting with breath, doing these box breathing just so I'm clear, are you meaning in through the nose, out through the mouth, or are you entirely nose oriented? Because now that I'm read part <laughs> of the breath book, I'm like, we were it's supposed good, to eh? yeah. tape over our mouths. And like, I'm not a mouth breather, but when I do do intentional breathing, it does feel like an in through the nose, out through the mouth. Is that the correct? Yeah. So, and it's interesting, there's so much being open now yeah. in terms of studying this. Um, obviously, the difference in volume is a big one. So when I do some sessions with clients, I get them to breathe in through their mouth because they're taking more inhale in. Um, and they're also relaxing the jaw. So our jaw is connected to our pelvis, right? So to relax the jaw, to take in the breath when we're trying to relax the body will help, obviously, our, our root, our pelvis relax too and open. Um, to breathe in through the nose, obviously that's how we're designed. I come through from a family of mouth breathers. So it's been really interesting for me over the years to like experiment. I yeah. did the mouth tape. And, and how did you um, go? Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Up until probably my last few weeks of pregnancy where nothing was comfortable. I was like, that's coming off. I So I have to get back into it. And I noticed a huge difference, a huge, huge difference just in how um, my body was taking in my breath when I was asleep because obviously that's our subconscious breath pattern as well. Um, So if we're breathing, you know, short and sharp through the day, that's likely how we're breathing when we're sleeping. Um, The the mind controls the body, you know, subconscious. Uh, So, yeah, I did notice a difference after a while when I got used to it. so I recommend it. But I mean, it's there's no right or wrong. Obviously, we're designed to breathe through the nose, but in any given moment, again, it's that understanding of what works for you and how you can use the breath. All this yawning, all this breathing is now making me I'm, like, I'm not even tired. I think it's like my body's like, do you not have enough oxygen? What is going on here? Which yeah. I'm assuming is a normal reaction once you start to do breath. Are we running out of air? Uh, 
No, it's uh, it's amazing. Like once something comes into your awareness with it, uh, and I always say, you know, we're all human. We're all so busy. Just connect taking a deep breath with doing something you do every day. So whether you're making a coffee or stopping at a red light, every red light you stop at, take a deep breath and just start to train your mind to correspond to that action you're doing with checking yeah. in breathing. And that can make a huge, huge impact. Yes, I love that. I don't know where half an hour has gone, but I did want to ask something I ask all my guests is what their brain looks like. You've been listening to the show, so I'm sorry you might be prepared for this question, but what does your beautiful brain look like up there? What's going on? It's um since being postpartum. <laughs> so how and how old is your he's just turned one. Yeah, oh. he's just turned one. So I slowly feel human again, um, whatever that is. But uh if it's not thinking about him in terms of okay, food prep, nap times, all of the things, yeah. Honestly, it can just be like a blank. Like oh, <laughs> just beautiful. Like, waiting for that next like moment. Um but I have to be careful because going through um, a little bit of postnatal depression myself yeah. and my understanding of the nervous system, uh, that for me initially, just that blank state was just being sort of void of emotion and thought. Um, that was my way of just kind of being in, you know, freeze mode, really. Um, yeah. So just not feeling at all. So I have to sort of have my understanding of when I'm sliding to that point or when I'm actually just having a moment of um, not thinking. And <laughs> yeah, did you, um, did you self-diagnose that or were you? Yeah. 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 And I luckily I'm so grateful the community I'm in, the women I work with, um, they were able to recognize and support me through everything as well. Um, and that's something that, you know, during pregnancy, I, I worked my ass off to, to build because wow. whether or not I would have needed it postpartum, um, it's so important that it's there. What would you, was there anything that you did do once you were aware you were in postnatal depression that was helpful? Just because I know there's a lot of, you know, a lot of people uh, with opinions on things of what you do. Was there anything that you yourself did find helpful to try and at least move through that space? I know it's not a quick fix by any means, but. Yeah. And I think, you know, you do change who you are on the other side of birth. And it's hard because what might've worked for you before you became a mother is something you completely have lost hold of as, as a mother. Um, something for me is nature always, um, getting out and it was even no matter how hard it was or what I had to do to get there, it was leaving the house every morning, rain or shine to just get out and do a walk, um, with my son, just around the park, get some air, put a podcast in, just doing something to, to again, switch it up for me. Um, mm -hmm. and to just get me out of my head and taking on board what was around me and, trying to in those moments as well really take those deep breaths um and get back into my body because i know moving to that that sort of darker side of my thoughts it's when i'm not breathing it's when i'm not in my body and i'm numb to it all um yep. so it's coming back 
through the breath. <laughs> oh, well, I'm I'm so glad you're on a on a journey out of that. I um, have an experience of postnatal depression, but I have a very well aware of um, what depression can look like or my experience of it. And yeah, sometimes feeling numb is a scarier feeling than feeling horrible. Like it's a bit meh, yeah, nothing. So um, I'm glad you're on the up of that and and I'm sorry that you went through that that's not fun for anyone but given the line of work you do I'm sure if nothing else it's made you better at what you do with more empathy it's always a silver lining in it somewhere um if people did want the opportunity to work with you how can they find you yeah I'm actually I'm back in New Zealand now which has been an adjustment so back in Auckland um I work out of the Auckland physiotherapy clinic in Newmarket and it's such a cool space in terms of just it's such a broad support team there, physios, um, health coaches, all sorts. So um yeah, yeah, I'm, like behind the pools kind of area. Yeah. Yeah, it's the big brick building on the way to Parnell. Um, right by birth care, um ACG College. I think there's a, a college, a school there. So yeah, it's one of those ones you drive past and you're like, oh, oh, that's what's there. Um, yeah. So otherwise I'm, I'm online as well. Awesome. Hey, thank you so much. Sorry, I went a tiny bit over, but I've really enjoyed our chat today. Super informative. I'm going to, I too have stolen some, sorry, borrowed some rocks from some places that are special. (laughs) I might try your rock trick. That's a really cool way of doing it too. Cause it's kind of like, yeah, making it a game and being curious. And thank you so much for your time and for reaching out. That means the world to me that people are like, oh, cause it's so helpful. So thank you so much. I appreciate it. No worries. So lovely to chat. All right. Take care, Kim.